Welcome to Raiders Roundtable, brought to you by America First Credit Union. I'm JT, Eddie Pascal, and Lincoln Kennedy about to join us here in a little bit. It's Chiefs Week. We are fired up to be going live. We appreciate you coming in on all the Raider platforms, especially YouTube and Eddie. One that got away in South Florida. The Raiders should have won that game. I thought they were the better team that day, but Miami hung in there and got the win. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you said it right. A game that it feels like the Raiders should have won, could have won, and probably had a chance. I mean, if you look at the end of the game, they had two-minute drive to go essentially tie or win the game, but unfortunately not enough, and uh, I'm sure we'll get into the reasons why. Yeah, we're going to get into that because that was a good trip. Uh, Coach Pierce decided to go in late. Mm-hmm. That didn't affect the team at all. I thought the cardio of the team, I thought they played smart for most of the game. There were a couple of penalties. And Eddie, what frustrated me the most is I don't think Miami could have played a game that given would have given a team a better chance to win than that one at home. Their differential is one of the greatest at home this year in the history of the NFL. They turned it over a bunch. The Raiders are winning the field position battle. They had all the opportunities to win that game, and it just got away. And now the Raiders have to put that loss behind them for the Chiefs at home coming off Thanksgiving at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, I think the big thing for me, JT, is, is the six points off turnover. And, and really, I look at it as kind of three. You have the two turnovers and the missed field goal, and six points total off mm-hmm. of that. And when you're going against an explosive, you know, incredibly talented uh, Miami offense at home, you got to do better than six. You just have yeah, to. They do. And we'll take a look at some of the highlights of the game right now as we look at this. And for Antonio Pierce, I thought it was big. He decided to go in late and it didn't affect the team. So that's something we don't have to talk about much. And then early on in the game, they made Tua kind of roll out of the pocket. There were mistakes made. I thought the strip fumble was a really big play. They look at it and the Raiders get the ball. So right out of the gate, the Raiders have momentum going as he threw the challenge flag there and it worked out for Coach Pierce. I mean, stop me if you heard this before, but the Raiders defense making plays, keeping this offense in the game early. They did, and I thought that Aiden O'Connell right here was a scripted play to Michael Mayer, and I think they need to do more of this. Agreed. I've been saying this constantly on radio. If you can script this to him and he's wide open, he can't end up the day with only four receptions and the, the targets he has because he's wide open, he makes plays, and he does a nice job overall. And then, again, Hunter Renfro involved early in this game. He was a primary target. Yeah, I mean, welcome home, Hunter Renfro. I mean, I know that we've seen him kind of uh, grow in his role a little bit over the past couple of weeks, but, man, I mean, you saw. JT, just how how uh, slippery he can be, how explosive he can be later on in the second half. It's good to see number 13 back in the middle. Yeah, and they want to go to him, and I think Aiden O'Connell's going to have some of his favorites. It's obviously Devontae Adams is big, but Devontae here, I'm not a big fan of this pass here because Howard's a very good player. I'd like to see Devontae head downfield to try to make a play here, but overall the involvement early in this game is important to me. The problem is what's haunting the Raiders is third down, and third down overall has been really hurting the team here. So settling for a field goal, I just wish the team would take more shots when they're in the red zone to get in the end zone, maybe catch a flag, get a first and goal at the one. And I think we're going to have to find that balance over the next five, six weeks. There's a delicate balance between not asking too much of your rookie quarterback, but also saying, hey, bud, you're the starting quarterback. Go win us a football game. Uh, There was a hold here on Ja'Korian Bennett. That one hurt because it kept the drive going for them. But Tua wanted to find a rhythm, and you knew he was going to find a rhythm. I judged Tyreek Hill on touchdowns, not yards. Sure. There's a guy, it felt like he didn't have, you know, 140 plus yards in the game, but he had a touchdown, and he was able to find the open space here. That was just missed coverage where the safety Epps came down and wasn't playing center field. I mean, field. That's, that's Tyreek saying, I'm faster than you. Give me the football, and yeah. I'm going to go do my thing, and that's exactly what he did. But to your point, I mean, you look at, at Tyreek's uh, day, 10 for 146 and a touchdown. A, a quiet 146? I don't know if that's possible, but it was. Explo- yeah, it was. 
It wasn't quite a 146, but here we go again with the ability for receivers to get open. And this is what Aiden O'Connell needs to build on the rest of the season. Find the open receiver. He takes a shot at the end of the first quarter. There's three defenders there. I want to make that point. There's three. And Devontae gets by two of them. The safety coming over late here. Look at this route as he takes off to the corner. That is a perfectly thrown ball. Devontae brings it in, and the Raiders have all the momentum in Miami. And I think that's one thing that this fan base has been wanting to see, right, is take that deep shot, stay aggressive. You got one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, let this man go eat, and that's exactly what he did. And they threw it in the middle of the field, not on the sidelines where he would have to make a circus catch. Again, here's Tyreek Hill. Epps goes down on this play, and his yards after catch are really important. My criticism was Marcus Peters should have been hitting him at the line of scrimmage because he can't stay with him physically here, but you know, flags, you got to worry about flags along the way. Uh, Tyree Wilson is also someone that we got to talk about the rest of the season and what's going to happen with him. But the Raiders, Eddie, I think the best way to describe it was Ben don't break. Uh, This was another wide open ball across the middle of the field, something that must get cleaned up against Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, we we were talking about Travis Kelsey earlier before we started rolling. And yeah, I mean, you are going to have to take away that middle. You're going to have to find a way to do it against this dynamic Chiefs offense on Sunday. That was maybe the biggest defensive play of the game, a fourth down stop. And I don't know why they needed to make that play, but Nate Hobbs sniffed it out. And Nate Hobbs was an X factor in this game because Nate could play on the outside, which we saw in Side in the slot, and it's 10 to 7 here. Again, the Ray- Tyreek Hill is going to the locker room. HM went to the locker room. He had two of the best players on the team at one point in the locker room, and I thought the Raiders had a feast on that. Tua does a good job as uh, Hill's in the locker room. They go to Waddle a number of times in a row. I think with Waddle being the number one at that point, there should have been more of a conscious effort to double-team him. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as crazy as it sounds, I think you, you forget about Jalen Waddle a little bit. Tyreek has all the incredible stats, going to go 2,000 yards and all that deal, but, man, he's a really good wide receiver in his own right. Uh, touchdown for Miami over the middle of the field. This was a pivot to the outside and then a play that's coming inside. No one's home on this play here. And again, Kansas City's looking at this film here. The misdirection of Kansas City concerns me on that. How about A.J. Cole? Best punter in the NFL. Yeah. Best punter in the I, NFL. It's incredible what he did. And he gave. that's what I like. I want to see more because he's done everything beautifully. I like the coffin corner. Yeah. I like the ball going out of bounds inside the 10-yard line or around that. And look at the long field here, Eddie. They have to go the long way, and that's what you got to do against Patrick Mahomes. The turnover here, really important for the Raiders here as they got 58 seconds to go. Now is really the most talked-about yep. moment in Raider Nation this week. You have the ball right here. The score, you have to get points. And I thought that the Raiders did not want to attack at all. Running it into the pile did not work. Uh, As we look at the sequence, this is the most critical sequence of the game because right here the clock's at 49. What's going on? There shouldn't be huddling here. There shouldn't be taking time. The Raiders wanted to protect the score or the quarterback. I disagree. And they take a little bit of a shot over the middle of the field with 13 seconds to go. I don't know why that ball isn't thrown in the end zone other than the fact that they were conscious that they were just going to take the three. These are passes that weren't going to do anything other than get picked off. If you're going to put the ball in the air, go to the end zone, and the Raiders go into halftime settling for a three. I mean, you know me. Like I I love our our specialist group. Like I love field goals. I love three points. I get three is better than zero. But this is a moment, and we talk about going against an explosive Miami offense. 
you got to push the you know push it a little bit. And I understand there's a balance, but you got to push it. Isaiah Palomar, I want to see more of him game. on the field. I want to yeah. see more of him on the field. This is this starts off the third quarter. How many times has that happened in the last 20 years? I don't remember. I don't remember the first play of the third quarter being an interception for the Raiders. So the Raiders once again have momentum here, and after all that momentum, they go three and out. I mean, this is the problem with this team this year and why they're 5-6. and six. They run it into the pile. They were sniffing out Josh Jacobs here. Second and 10, a short pass. Now, again, if that was a route run a little bit longer, third and one, and they lose yardage. So, I mean, you're not going to sneak it. It was a little bit more than one. But this was a critical moment of the game because Mayer's reception – if it was a first down, I think the momentum changes completely in the third quarter. Yeah, and I think one thing that we haven't brought up is the fact that the Raiders are without Colton Miller again, mm-hmm. right? And so you look at, at kind of the, the run-pass splits. The Raiders ran the ball only 16 times. Yeah. And I have to believe that if Colt Miller is, is handling mm-hmm. business on the left side, that number goes up. Well, the Raiders are only down one here, 14-13, to 13, as Aiden O'Connell throws an interception to Jalen Ramsey. That was just a bad throw. He's got to get the ball out more to Trey Tucker. And remember, both the interceptions, the one later went to Trey Tucker. Not Devontae, not Hunter Renfro, not Michael Mayer. Look, you want to get Trey's touches there. That was just a ball a little bit behind. Yeah, and I think that we talk about, you know, some of the growing pains of a rookie quarterback, you know, on the road, tough environment, you know. But I think what's crazy to me, JT, is we kind of talk about the ups and downs of Sunday. This was never more than a one-possession game at any point. Uh, Spillane almost picked off another yeah, one. That, that could have changed one. it. That, that could have been, been a one. deal breaker there. Mm-hmm. But he had to leave his feet to make that play. He's a linebacker. He usually makes it. And then Miami settles for a field goal. So Miami settles for a field goal at 17-13. to 5.26 to go in the third quarter. The Raiders are in the game. I think they're outplaying them at this point. That's not being a homer. I thought they were the better team with the turnovers that were happening at this point. Once again, Tyreek Hill wide open trying to slide off and get some coverage there. Someone's got to be right on top of it. Yeah, we talk about the inevitability, it feels like, of the Miami offense. And, and, you know, you at some point have to put points on the board, right? Field goals are great, but you got to figure out a way to do touchdowns. And the Raiders just couldn't do that enough on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, here's another field goal that makes it 20-13 to 13 with 25 seconds to go in the third quarter. I think everybody knows the rest of the movie. The Raiders were shut out. They were shut out in the second half of the game. That can't happen at all. Then the pressure came. And this is a rookie moment. Yeah, he's got to to throw that ball out of there. And on that play, what was interesting to me, the Raiders had decent field position here. The ball's got to come out. Devontae's wide open across the middle of the field. you got to check down to Devontae Adams there, and I think Devontae can go make a play on second and 17. O'Connell has time again, doesn't make the throw, and then he's reeling from the outside here, and boom. Nice catch again to maybe someone who's developing into a good target for him in Trey Tucker. Yeah, I mean, Trey, obviously having, having a nice little uh, couple weeks here. But, I mean, we, we talk about having Devontae, having Devontae in your arsenal. you got to get this man his touches. And I understand yeah. that uh, I'm sure uh, you know, Aiden kind of wants to play that balance. We talk about that word a lot. But let Devontae go. Uh, this, to me, was the most frustrating play of the game. Fourth and two, the ball's thrown out of bounds. That cannot happen. The ball cannot be thrown out of bounds on fourth down. You're turning the ball over anyway. And they're going up against Jalen Ramsey there. I don't understand that play. That was a costly, costly play in the game because you could have checked down and got some points there eventually. Uh, Jacoby is a hell of a player. His targets are fascinating to me. The games he has big targets, the Raiders win. Yeah, I mean, he's having an incredible season, certainly in silver and black. We look at Jacoby from Sunday. He goes four for 49, but a meaningful, a a purposeful four for 49. And look at our guy go, Hunter Renfro. Good to see this, man. Feels like we haven't seen this in a a little bit. Well, he went north-south. That's what's great about Hunter. Remember, Hunter's going to 
to be open underneath. If he's able to pick up yards after the catch, that's a bonus, but he's going to catch the ball underneath. And on short third down plays where the Raiders are really getting stifled this year, I think Hunter Renfro has emerged to someone that Aiden O'Connell could look for underneath just on third and short. On the bigger bomb plays, we have couple of players who are a little bit more focused than that. And then this play with Aiden O'Connell again. The ball's got to come out quickly here. There were guys open down film. As we saw the film here, he just held on to it too long. Yeah, and I think a lot of what it was on Sunday JT, it's just kind of the poor timing of some of these mistakes, right? You know, only a handful of sacks with the Dolphins, but they come in big moments. We talk about the interceptions. They come in big moments, uh, and I think that, again, a rookie quarterback finding his way a little bit in the NFL, yeah. but, I mean, we're going to have your growing pains, unfortunately. Yeah, but on, on a fourth and six, you got to be able to throw a seven-yard play quickly. Mm-hmm. That is not a difficult concept. It wasn't fourth and 13, it's fourth and six. The ball's got to come out quicker to someone who's downfield seven or eight yards. And now the Raiders have an opportunity right here with the clock ticking, 120 to go in the game. They're trying to get a drive going. Critical third and five on this play. And Aiden makes a great throw. That's the route that has to be run. This Look at this route. He's wide open with the game on the line. That route's open all the time. Aiden O'Connell's got to use that as a security blanket. Then we're sitting here at 2nd and 10, and the big throw, it's 2nd and 10 with 30 seconds to go. That throw did not have to be made to the Raiders' third receiver with Devontae Adams on the field. That's the ball game. Yeah, there's your ball game. And, and you know, unfortunately, like you, you knew they were going to have to take a shot at some point, but to your point, I'd like to see that go to Devontae. I'd like to see it not it has into, to. into double coverage. I mean, hey, credit that. That's an incredible interception. It was too. a great play by Jalen Ramsey, who was the star of the game. He had two interceptions. He's a potential future Hall of Famer. I don't think you attack him with your third receiver on that play. The Raiders get shut out in the second half and lose by a score of 20-13. to 13. I thought Antonio Pierce did pretty much everything he was supposed to do. He brought his team on the road. They played with tremendous energy. You knew Miami was going to put up bigger numbers, but what's glaring at me is third downs, yeah. four of 14. One was a quarterback sneak. Look, they're struggling on third down, and look what they held Miami to on third down. That doesn't happen at Hard Rock Stadium. That could happen in Buffalo. That could happen somewhere else or in Kansas City or in Frankfurt. But the Raiders did everything they did. Three for 11 for Miami on third down and three turnovers. When that's on the stat sheet, Eddie, you got to win the game. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a bunch, especially over the past month, JT. I mean, this Raiders defense is keeping this team in football games. I mean, there's no no reason to stutter, no need to to candy coat that. This defense is holding up their end of the bargain and keeping the offense in games. Now, with a rookie quarterback, a lot of change on that side of the ball, they have to figure out a way over this last five, six weeks to put points on the board, to put touchdowns on the board, not field goals. Here's my big picture as we wrap up the game and move on to Kansas City. We'll touch on it with Lincoln, too, because he was there calling the game with Jason Horowitz. When you have a game like that, you got to win it. Yeah, You have to win the game. You're not going to have games against Kansas City, Miami, San Francisco, if you're playing the Eagles, where you're going to have the stats advantage like that at any point in the game. When you do, you got to find a way to close it out. And, Eddie, I have a good feeling about this because I think they played great on defense, good enough to win the game. If that defense can carry over to Sunday at Allegiant Stadium against Kansas City, where Kansas City's been struggling in the second half of games. I think the Raiders will look to clean up the offense and win the game. You know, and, and JT, at this point, there's no reason to think that this defense isn't going to carry over, right? We've, I mean, really, can't, right. we've seen it through the entire uh, season, but over the past month in particular, Max Crosby playing incredible, Robert Spillane playing at a Pro Bowl level, right? Now we are seeing multiple guys. We talked about it during the, uh, during the preseason. Is Who's it going to be? It's going to be Max plus who? And now it's Max plus a lot of guys. And, and just, you know, got to tip your hat to 
Patrick Graham because this group is playing really, really well. And if the Raiders want to win on Sunday at home, it's going to have to be the, the offense, excuse me, the defense is going to have to be the catalyst for that. Well, the defense, we can count on the defense yeah. now. Haven't been able to count on the offense for most of the year. That's got to change Sunday as the Kansas City Chiefs coming off a loss on Monday night football and a long trip to Europe. I mean, this is setting up pretty good for the Raiders. I, they can't have much of a better setup than they have now against Kansas City coming all the way to Las Vegas to play at Allegiant Stadium. Coming up next, the Pro Bowler Lincoln Kennedy will join us. We'll take a look back at what happened in Miami and preview the Kansas City Chiefs as we continue on Raiders Roundtable. Welcome back to Raiders Roundtable. That's Eddie Pascal. I'm JT, and we bring in the Pro Bowl of the great Lincoln Kennedy, who's kind enough to join us here every week. Lincoln, how are you? A lot of travel all the way from the West Coast to Miami and back to home here. Uh, Raiders let one slip away. I thought they were the better team. We needed that one, came up short. Well, first of all, it's good to be with you guys. Thank you very much. And, I, and I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, JT. Yes, it was a lot of travel this past weekend. Uh, but I'm but I'm here and I'm good good to be home and good to be with you guys today. As far as the game is concerned, yeah, the Raiders did let one get away. Look, I, I think it's a fair assessment. And it's something that I've been working on and just watching film over the past couple of months is I think the Raiders have finally figured out their identity. Now, the problem is, is that how do you develop that identity to be more successful? They let one get away. They had an opportunity to beat the Miami Dolphins, who are, already came into the game as a high, potent, and efficient offense. We know what they could do. You saw what they could do throughout the season, especially what they did to Denver. And it was impressive to see the Raiders defensively stand up the way they did. Offensively, they showed some spots. It's still a work in progress. You're dealing with a rookie quarterback. You're dealing with an inconsistent offensive line. You're dealing with a new play caller. Uh, lots of intangibles that you most teams don't have to deal with, uh, but the Raiders obviously did by making their coaching change. You know, Link, I want to stick on this defense for a little bit, and JT and I are talking about just the incredible job that Patrick Graham has really done in, in 2023, but over the last month in particular, you look at some of the stats uh, and how how the Raiders defense made life so hard on Tua and the Miami offense. I mean, we look at the turnovers, we look at, at everything that kind of went into that. What is working right now for the Raiders defense led by Max Crosby? I think what you're looking at, Eddie, is a higher output of effort on defensively. There, there, it's not magic. There wasn't anything that's been differently called in the Miami game, say there was in week one. Pretty much you're calling the same thing. What the Raiders have gotten progressively better at over the past month, especially since the coaching change, is their attitude and their effort collectively. You, Of course, you have your standouts, your Nate Hobbs, your Max Crosby's, so on and so forth. But you have guys like Adam Butler that are coming, coming along. You know, you have guys that are making other plays. How about Malcolm Koontz over the last couple of weeks? Um, these are other players that are becoming involved and being, and being instrumental in the way the defense is handling things. And also, also, you've got opportunities of making big plays. Look. Last week uh, against the, the Dolphins, there were a number of plays that the defense just seemed to be out of place on trying to cover Tyreek Hill mm -hmm. and, and players like that. And look, he's they're not alone. I mean, every defense has had that issue when you talk about this season. But when you think about the opportunities to get turnovers, that is something that's been, you know, something that's been marked up and been working at. But more importantly, having the guys make the effort to get the turnovers. It's not just the usual suspects. We see other people getting involved. Lincoln, great point as always. The turnovers have drastically changed. Now we don't have to sit here and almost look back and mock and say, when the, when is there going to be a turnover? 
It's been like that for a while until now. Now I expect two turnovers a game. I expect tick balls at the line of scrimmage. I expect the strip sack or Robert Spillane getting his hands on the ball. That has to continue, and I think they've been lined up properly. You know, Tyreek Hill had one touchdown in the game. If he had 180 yards and three touchdowns, which we've seen him do when he was with Kansas City, it'd be a problem here. But overall, uh, stats were down for the Finns in this game, and especially when it came to rushing yards, which was very important. They're averaging 31.7 points. They Raiders held them to 20, and the turnovers were there. That's why this one got away, Lincoln. I don't think you could have a better experience on the stat sheet and beat this team when they're at home. And the Raiders did all that. It was just the execution and the inability to get first downs. And as we're talking about the defense, and we'll transition a moment to the offense— this first down offense is unique because a lot of times they hand the ball off and then it's second down and there's a lot of pressure on them on second down. And I don't recall a time that this team's ever been in a position where on second down they get a first down. It's always third and one and a half, third and one, third and two. It's never easy. And then the concepts come in at third and two. You can't hand it off to Josh because they know it's going to Josh and the offensive line isn't opening up holes. And then we're seeing deep balls that are thrown out of bounds or that they're just not high percentage plays. Lincoln, where are the easy high percentage plays on third down? I'm talking roll the pocket, pitch and catch to Mayer. Roll the pocket, three yard out to Hunter Renfro. If that happens, I think it's a completely different team. I think what what you're finding out, JT and Eddie, is that we're progressing to that point. The thing is, is if you look at the first play of the game, the off the Raiders had on offense where they they fake the handoff and they roll out and they get yes. what, 17 yards a mayor. You know, that's things taking advantage of tendencies, breaking tendencies. That's what you come to expect. To your point, JT, when the Raiders don't have as much success on first down or they're forced behind, you know, to start second down and 10 and they have to move their way up uh, to get themselves in that position, a manageable position, it becomes uh, even more hard to predict and hard to execute because now you've already worked and determined uh, you worked in a place that traditionally defenses are looking for. Mm -hmm. They're looking for you to go to Josh. They're looking for you to to do like a little play action rollout. You know, they've tried, the Raiders have tried what, flea flickers we've seen in the past. We've seen all kinds of things for the Raiders to try to open up this offense. It's a work in progress. I think it goes back to first down efficiency. Much to your point, JT, if you're allowed to have more, uh, a better uh, efficiency on first down and you're allowed to set up second down in five, six, to maybe work down at third down and what, four, three, two, maybe one, then you have those options. And I think we're at a point where, you know, Antonio Pierce and his coaching staff aren't afraid to put things in four down territory, aren't afraid to take chances. But again, it's a work in progress because it's been so inconsistent this entire year. You're finally trying to create consistency for the second part of the year offensively. You know, Link, we look at the net positive, right, of this Raiders defense forcing turnovers, getting takeaways, now doing them in bunches. And at JT's point, right, it feels like it's only a matter of time each Sunday or, you know, Monday afternoon, Monday evening, when they're going to get those opportunities. The negative, right, is the fact that the Raiders on Sunday only got six points off of those turnovers. Link, to me, when we go back and we watch the game, I don't know how you feel, but I would like to see a little more aggression in those turn- following those turnovers, right? Take a shot deep. Let's get, let's get in the bag a little bit, right? Let's ride that momentum a little bit. But unfortunately, we just haven't seen that coming off those turnovers. And, and really, I think that's a big reason why the Raiders fell Sunday afternoon in Miami. 
Well, well, Eddie, you can't see those types of plays because you don't have the offensive line to do it. Mm-hmm. You don't have protection. And when, protect, when protection becomes an issue, you got to think about it twofold. One, you don't want to get your quarterback hit and injured. That's the last thing that you want to do. So you want to limit the amount of hits on him. And two, you don't want to put it in harm's way. You try to go up after a turnover, try to go for a, a deep ball and say it's another turnover, then you're right back in the position. What good is that going to do? So the Raiders are still trying to work themselves out. And they're also trying to understand when they get on the positive side of the field, when they're going in for a score, what teams are going to do to them. What, te- what AOC is going to see, what teams are going to do to him, how they're going to blitz him, how they're going to make things hard. We've got obvious playmakers there's no doubt in that but what i've said and I've, i'll say this again you can't overexert the effort to get into those playmakers sometimes other guys have got to stand up and there's going to be opportunities for guys like myers there's going to be opportunities for guys like tucker and mayor and all those other guys but you you can't just force the ball to 17 all the time mm-hmm. and think the teams are just going to sit back and allow you to do it because you don't have that luxury before we get to the run game one more follow-up on this i think without Jakob johnson now you don't have a fullback you have an elite rusher that is either hit or miss. There's going to be a game where he's getting you 100 yards, and then we saw this. Lincoln, I think they got to sit four wide almost all the time because Aiden O'Connell, when they're four wide, at least can see potentially someone being open. Well, he can, he's got to be able to look at the coverage and say, all right, there's a double over the top to Devontae, Michael Mayer's single covered. We're going to put Hunter in motion for a quick hit. If he can't incorporate that, then the Raiders aren't going to be able to do much. But now – we get to the run game, and I look at what Josh Jacobs wanted to do in this game. You're calling the game with Jason Horowitz. What did you see at the line of scrimmage where, once again, Josh was getting plowed in the backfield? Well, he's having to make a lot of cuts in the backfield, yeah. and you're having penetration come up. So, you know, there were a couple of plays where penetration got through on zone blocking schemes. Look, zone blocking schemes in the National Football League are good, depending on the concept in which you use them. But at the same point, you've got better athletes on the other side of that ball that aren't just waiting to get blocked. They're not just standing up and say, okay, you can reach me or you can get – they're shooting the gaps. They're getting penetration. They're making it hard. The zone blocking, to me, guys – creates a natural cutback lane when you're able to secure the line of scrimmage. If you go for wide like you're proposing, JT, then there's a good chance you're putting either a smaller slot receiver to cut off that defensive end or that backside linebacker, and that's not necessarily a, a, a you know a key to a victory, if you, if you ask me. And more importantly, not having the disposal of having soundly blocking, consistently blocking tight ends really sets you up because now – with the playmaker down Jakob Johnson, you're down a fullback. You're down actually one less blocker to sort of isolate or create a hole for, for Josh Jacobs. And you're having to rely more on creating those natural seams with cutback lanes. And as you push to the right, cutting back to the left, those types of things is what you're relying on. That's a work in progress. That's a work in progress because the offensive line, one, has to remain consistent enough with the people you have available to see what they can do, game time speed. Two, you have to call it. And in the game, if you don't have success with a certain play, you and I both know that we're going to get away from that. You're probably not going to go to it more often than not. Or you might not keep trying to do it if you're not having success with it. You know, like we go back to Sunday, and, and we were talking about a post game. I, I think that the way the schedule kind of worked out, you know, really fell nicely for the Silver and Black, where you get to kind of have a dry run, a rehearsal uh, in Miami against a really explosive, dynamic, kind of timing-based offense in Miami. And then you come home this week, and look who's coming to town. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, when you look at, at what the Raiders' defense was able to do against the Dolphins last week, Link, how much of that do you think can carry over to Sunday at Allegiant? 
Well, I think there's a great deal of confidence that you can carry over, Eddie. You think about it. When you talked about the teeth of the schedule, what we're, what we're looking at right now, and we talk about the offensive uh, talented teams that we're going to face. You know, we have Miami. We still have two times against Kansas City. Broncos are starting to come around. Mm-hmm. We know the offense, uh, that the potentially what the danger the Chargers can do. So we know challenge-wise that we're going to face some teams that can score some points. So conversely, we need to score some points. So much to your point, yes, it is a dry rehearsal. I can uh, claim confidence from what I saw out of the team effort and energy over the past three games. That gives me confidence into the the teeth of the schedule, the last couple of months of the schedule, saying that this team is capable of playing with anyone. Now they've got to execute and show that they can do it. I don't expect you're going to take on a lot of, you know, Kansas City Chiefs and and, um, and Miami Dolphins style of teams offenses and keep them under 20 points. So the offense has got to do more scoring-wise. Lincoln, we're looking at some stats here, and clearly the Chiefs' offense has taken a step back when it comes to touchdowns per game, yards. The most, the biggest stat I can't even imagine is that they've been shut out three times in the second half, and they're dead last, dead last in the NFL when it comes to that stat. I look at Kansas City, something has changed. Everybody's saying it's the drops. There's been a lot of drops. Guys are open, and they're dropping the football. But I think Mahomes is trying to thread the needle with lesser players. He still has Kelsey. Kelsey's not having a traditional all-pro year for him. He's just not, and there's no Tyreek Hill. And the weapons that he has have changed over the last couple of years. I know what Mahomes can do. I've seen all his games here at Allegiant Stadium. They have certain plays that they run perfectly against one team, the Las Vegas Raiders. They're misdirection plays, and the Raiders haven't been home. I'm encouraged about this game. Really big because of the linebacker play. We haven't had linebackers around here who could put their hands on Kelsey, let alone run with them. Now you have Masterson, Divine Diablo, Robert Spillane this year. Is that the best chance that the Raiders have? Because they're not going to drop every ball at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, but you got to take Kelsey out of the game at some point. That is the only chance, the only way the Raiders can win, if they find an answer for Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Kelsey has been the thorn in the Raiders' side for years now, and he continues to be because the Raiders have not found an answer on how to neutralize him. I will say this. Kansas City's offense has taken them one step backwards, mainly because they don't have that main go-downfield receiver like they had with Tyreek Hill or others in company, Harding and those guys. Mm-hmm. They don't have those anymore, right? So they're trying to figure out this. But you know what? One thing I will say, Kansas City has – has a more explosive run game than they've had yeah. in the past. Good point. And they're and and you still don't have an answer for Kelsey. So even though you might not see them lighting up the scoreboard like they did in the in the past, the things that have stuck in the Raiders' crawl are still present. And that's a big big opportunity and a big obstacle for the Raiders. If they're going to beat Kansas City, to me, they have to do two things. They have to find an answer to new, null, not going to shut him down, but nullify the impact that Travis Kelsey has on a football game. And more importantly, you have to still continue to play better against the run. You know, like I'm glad you brought up the Chiefs run game because JT and I were talking about that earlier this morning of Isaiah Pacheco oh. playing out of his mind right now. A man he was on running fire. like a madman yeah, last incre- night. Yes. Yeah. Pat, you know, running hard. And so I look at, at Sunday afternoon, Link, and it feels like this is going to be one of those days. Yes, we got to figure out a way to take away Travis Kelsey. Yes, he has been the thorn in the side for the silver and black for gosh. It feels like a decade at this point. But it feels like a big day for the big fellas in the middle, Link, of making them as one-dimensional as humanly possible. Because Isaiah Pacheco, I mean, I know his name might not be in, the, uh, in all the headlines. That's a dude who's playing a really good brand of football right now. 
Well, I will say this, going back to the last time the Raiders beat Kansas City in, in the, this modern era, you remember what they did. They were able to rush three, but they were still able to generate pressure. And they were able to have combination coverages on the back end that really made things, you know, Patrick Mahomes pull down the ball. He wasn't necessarily as getting rid of it as, as frequent as he did. And Raiders were able to take advantage of scoring on offense, really putting the pressure on the opposing offense. And that's sort of the, the formula that's going to continue. You're not necessarily rushing three, but you have to be able to generate pressure with a bear rush, a four rush, and more importantly, get Patrick Mahomes off of his point. Make him look down at the rush rather than looking downfield and take away those initial throws. My issue that still to this day with the Raiders defense of style many times is that their corners and their slot corners play a little so much of a cushion off mm -hmm. that you have quarterbacks that are going to come in and take those five-yard hitches. Mm -hmm take those six-yard routes and set you up for maybe later going down the field and just march down the field. And you don't have an answer till you get, you know, with until you're backed up into the red zone and it's a shorter field to condense and you can play a little bit tighter defense. That's one of my main, main concerns about the open field, our open field defense versus this offense. All right, Lincoln, let's cut to the chase. Right to where you're the best. Here's the deal. There was a coaching change. They haven't lost at home. They've won four in a row. They've won two in a row at home. Kansas City's not the team statistically when went over that. The Raiders put up an unbelievable fight in Miami and have a lot of encouraging things happening coming into this game. We know the emotion's going to be there. Max Crosby's leading him out of the locker room. Antonio Pierce is a great former great player, a rah-rah coach who's going to let his coaches do the thing. This game's going to come down to the Raiders going into their bye week saying they could save the season. The season's completely changed if they win. They're 6-6. Six and six. They're right back into the playoff hunt. They get a bye week, and then the schedule is behind them with Kansas City and Miami, and they can feast on some of these games. What do you expect to see early in this game that will show you that the Raiders came to play against Kansas City? Expect, well, I'm hoping to see that energy that we've seen over the past two and a half games mm -hmm. because I would say the first half of the Jet game, wasn't there. Yes. It, it, was, it wasn't there. So it, we saw it in the second half of the Jet game. So I can't necessarily say it was a solid three games. But I enjoyed the energy that I saw last week against Miami. This is, to me, guys, this is one of the biggest tests for this organization because you can't look forward to any future of being successful until you find a way to challenge and beat the Chiefs. The yeah. Chiefs have owned you. The Chiefs have been oh, have owned the division for the last decade. The Chiefs have won a couple of Super Bowls in the last decade. Why? Because they are one of the best teams in the AFC, if not the National Football League, depending on how you want to look at it. But if you want, you want the team, you want to say how your schedule is or you want to see where you are or grade what you might need for the future, this is the game. This is the game that I've circled every single season on the calendar because this is the biggest thorn in the Raiders' side as an organization. You won't get anywhere until you learn how to beat the Chiefs. Nailed it. 100%. He, he, just to follow up, Mark Davis has done everything. He's hired coaches, changed regimes to beat this team. We've talked about it with former head coaches. Nothing happens going forward. Nothing until you can find a way to slow this organization down. You tip your cap to them, Eddie. They've done a hell of a job, and the Raiders know every year they got two shots at them. Some years they're in both the games. Other years they're in one of the two, and then there are years they're not in both of them. This is the first one where they've got it at home in a must-win game with their back up against the wall, Eddie. They have to play their best game. Their best game before the bye week has got to be against Kansas City. And you can't tell me Antonio Pierce isn't going to have that locker room ready to. to rock, ready to rock. But, you know, I, I think that we were talking about it with, with – uh, one of our friends earlier where it's like the Raiders are in a unique position where they know going into the season – 
the benchmark is the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. You get, like you said, you get two chances at them. This is one of them. You got to take advantage, especially at home going into a bye. Yeah, Lincoln. I think you've nailed it from calling the games and being a former great player here. The offensive line, they have to have some juice in this game. Where are they? I don't care about PFF grades. I don't. I care about wins and losses and how you did in a game. And I thought they took a major step back. And I think the offensive line room has got to be tested physically and mentally this week to come at it because that Kansas City defense is better. And I don't know how they do it, but they have Spagnola knows all the blitz packages, and he's going to go right after this rookie quarterback. So do you expect more blitzes? And how will the Raiders counter with that if Spags goes, hey, we're just coming after this kid. He won't be able to handle our blitz pack. Packages. Well, with, with our offensive linemen, I, too, I truly anticipate number 95 being able to move around and have that free mm-hmm. move with Chris Jones, okay? He's one of their bigger playmakers, and he's one of their guys that can generate pressure. Look, Kansas City is going to want to come out and generate pressure with their front four. Our interior guards, Van Roten and Parnham, are going to be char- challenged by number 95 in the inside games. Most of the teams that have had success generating pressure have ran uh, games, stunts with their defensive line and been able to get picks. And I saw one last night against uh, uh, the, the Chiefs used against uh, the Eagles in order to get pressure on Jalen Hurts, especially in the first half. So the thing is, is going forward, this offensive line is going to be challenged most most notably. And when Josh Jacobs, the run show, the run tendency show, we're going to see what we saw last year in Kansas City, the second half when they made adjustments. They brought in another linebacker to combat what you had. So they had three linebackers in, and those are definitely passing opportunities but you got to have more time so play action is going to be big but play action only works guys if you establish the run got to come out and establish a run and got to be able to have success at it to make play action a viable option in the past couple of weeks hasn't always been consistent we've seen at times that, that this offensive line has been able to open up holes but the premium the emphasis becomes on those three to five step drops the timing routes that the Raiders need to get out of their hands as quickly as possible. Yeah, and like I'm of the mind, you can't have your rookie quarterback throw the ball 40-plus times and be successful, right? And so to me, to to your earlier point, establish the line of scrimmage. Like when we've seen the Raiders at their best in 2023, they are running the football. Antonio Pierce has made no secret about it. He goes, look, we have one of the best running backs in the NFL. We have to get him involved. We have to get him him his touches. And so with Steve Spagnuolo and all the exotic things that I'm sure Aiden is going to see, make it easy on him. Don't put too much on the young fella, especially at home. Run, you know, ride that momentum with Josh Jacobs. Get Josh his his kind of moment in the sun mm-hmm. and run who the run the football and be who you want to be when you're at your best of the season, Link. Well, here's the thing, and, and and JT hit on it. If you spread out the offense, four wide receivers, one back. You spread out the offense, it's just your offensive line versus their defensive line. You have to be careful when they bring a safety down in the box. Right now, most defensive coordinators are tempting you. We want to see you throw the ball long. We want to see you be able to sit back there and have enough pass protection where your quarterback, your young quarterback, feels comfortable enough to where he wants to take shots down the field because it's going to take time to develop. And with that being in mind, I'm going to have, I'm going to press my corners on your your star receivers. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to press my corners. I'm going to have a safety back in the hole because I don't think you haven't shown me enough that you want to throw one to your tight end or two to your slot receivers or three to your inside receivers enough for me to really have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. So I feel comfortable with my defense, my defensive line, that I can get pressure on you. I don't have to worry about, you know, number 17 stretch in the field or number 16 stretch in the field or now number 11 or number three stretch in the field because you haven't shown me enough times that you're willing to do it. And I don't think you have the confidence in your offensive line. So until 
you you prove me wrong, I'm going to play this aggressive style of defense. Yeah, I'm That's re- what we see with yeah. Josh Jacobs. In I, the I'm really con- encouraged about this game. I'm yeah. all in. I yeah. love games like this. You played in a lot of them, Lincoln, where you're all in. You got to win the game. This organization Certainly. needs a game like this now. It's a put up or shut up game. Put up. And the only thing that concerns me because of Kansas City is, will you embrace the shootout when you have to? Because there hasn't been several games. There's been many games this year where this run game has been nowhere. And if they try to run the ball with Josh early in this game and Spagnola wins that battle, you better embrace this shootout early. You better not wait till the fourth quarter to be down 13, be down 10 to Patrick Mahomes. You will not come back and win with a rookie quarterback. So if this is the end of the first quarter, second quarter, and Devontae is frothing, he wants the ball, Michael Mayer is coming into the huddle saying, I'm open, I'm being single coverage, Hunter Renfro in motion, Whatever you got in the bag of tricks, they better use them. They better take some deep shots. They better get some flags. Another big thing with Kansas City, they're not the same anymore with turnover differential. Passes, interferences, they like to jump routes. You've got to embrace the shootout at some point. If we're in the fourth quarter and Josh has got 112 yards and we got the lead and you want to run out the clock, Lincoln, I'm fine with that. But I've seen this movie before. If Kansas City gets out to a lead, you better be ready to make adjustments and attack downfield. I mean, you only got Devontae Adams, Michael Mayer, Trey Tucker, Josh Jacobs. How about Josh Jacobs, Link, catching a wheel route? How about him catching some screens and getting 20, 30 yards? Where has that been? Well, it's, it goes back to the protection. You don't have the luxury of having an offensive line that you can rely on that, to secure that. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that ultimately is a problem, guys. You can't, you can't stretch the field if you don't have protection. A lot of times you're keeping Jacobs and Mayer in to help out with protect. They're chipping. You know, they're helping out with protection to secure the ends, to secure these fast ends, and to give your quarterback a little bit more time. Um, so that becomes the, 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 the sort of nemesis of trying to open up that game. I still, I will say this. I think with a, per, a player of Devontae Adams' magnitude and capability, you have to find creative ways of getting in the football. Yes. If you notice that there's going to be a corner and with a safety over top on when he's playing either X or Z, then you have to move him in the slot. You have to you have to get them in motion. A lot of things like the, like Tyreek Hill, like they try to do in Kansas City with Tyreek Hill, do the same thing in, in Miami. Is they use motion to try to free him up, try to isolate him, get him on the spot. I mean, that's easier said than done, depending on the offense that you have. And again, we're still talking about a new coaching staff, relatively mm-hmm. new coaching staff and philosophy. So you can't really go out too far outside of the realms of your existing playbook. You don't have the time for that. You can work on it during the bye week and the opportunity from there. But th- this game is too close, too soon to change up too much. Lincoln, have a great Thanksgiving. What do you got planned? I know the boys want to have a good time. Little, you're going to be a little flag football out in front of the house. What are you no, doing No, 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 no. We, we're, we're, we're done with those days. We're done with those days. That, that, that little turkey ball game is done for me. I'm, I'm, I'm too old for that. But, yeah, the boys are just looking forward to food. And, guys, I'm just looking forward to rest. Yeah, Quiet man. time and rest. Lincoln's been moving. it's been a long season. Lincoln's so, yeah, so. been moving all around college. <laughs> my and pleasure. Pro Happy football. holidays, Take bros. care of the great Lincoln Kennedy. My I'll favorite. My favorite thing. I do all week, and that's that's an honor to Lincoln. I play it on the radio. I talk about it again. He brings a, a shot of energy yeah. to Raiders Roundtable every week, and he calls the game, so he sees the game, he recaps the game, but he always tells us, Eddie, what's coming up next. Yeah, and I think what's great about Link is Link does such a good job, and I think our friend Eric Allen falls in this yeah. category as well. As he makes us smarter, right? I feel like every week that we talk to Link, just like every conversation I have with EA, I leave a little bit smarter, and really, that's that's all I'm looking for. We'll look around the AFC West when we come up on the other side, get ready for Thanksgiving, and then the big game at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening and watching Raiders Roundtable.
We're wrapping up Raiders Roundtable, brought to you by America First Credit Union. Once again, thanks to the great Lincoln Kennedy. So, Eddie, we put a lot into this one. It's yep. put up time. The Raiders got to win this game. If they do, it's 6-6. Six and six. It's into the bye week, and I really think there's a path for the playoffs. I actually think if they beat the Dolphins, which is behind us, there was a better path to the playoffs here because they could win two in a row. But in these two-game stretches of explosive Miami and Kansas City, they had to get one. They didn't get the first one. They have to get this one. You know, I think if we zoom out a little bit, JT, like we talked on uh, on last weekend about how, you know, I'm not a big moral victories guy, but I think what Sunday in Miami did is change the perception of this Raiders yeah. team. And we heard from Tyreek Hill postgame, he said Antonio Pierce has changed the mentality of the sure. silver and black. So now if you can come home, if you can handle business at home, if you can hold serve at Allegiant Stadium, go into the bye, a chance to get healthy, a chance to rest, recharge at 500, ooh, an interesting uh, five weeks on the yeah, stretch there. It's, it's the most important game of the year. Now the Chargers lost at Green Bay, and that was a big deal. Jordan Love made some plays late in this game, and it's the same problem with the Chargers. All that talent on that team, the Wolves are at the door with their coach. Brandon Staley, their defense. I mean, Brandon Staley was asked if he was still going to call the defense, let alone be the head coach of the team. So the pressure is mounting heavy, and the Chargers losing. So for them at 4-6, and six, they're at the bottom because we'll get to Denver, who leapfrogged them. There's big problems in L.A. with the L.A. Chargers. Yeah, Brandon Staley get a little, little testy in that postgame too, JT. Yeah. Feeling the heat a little bit. But, I mean, it feels like, you know, unfortunately for our friends down in uh, Southern California, the tail of the tape every single year for this team. So much talent, so many good pieces but they have a hard time putting it together. They do. I, I, I'm a big fan of Justin Herbert, as you know. I think he can do everything. He can do everything, and I think there's going to be a coaching change, and I think the coaching change could be anything from Bill Belichick to some of the bigger names out there. Someone's going to want to coach this team. Uh, Justin Herbert hasn't even entered his prime yet. He's right on the doorstep of his yeah. prime, which will be a 10-, 11-year prime like most – quarterbacks in this league who are good so there's a big moment someone's going to take that job in LA next year and someone's going to be a lot better than Brandon Staley I can promise you yeah, and I think the, the reality is, and we talk about it every single year, is that that roster, you look at it 1-53 to and you go, how how is this possible? How is this possible? So, yeah, we'll have to see what happens at the end of the year with the with the front office there. But, man, uh, a talented team that at some point you figure out is maybe going to figure it out. Yeah, I thought it was this year. Yeah, I me thought too. they were a playoff team this year. Denver's getting better, everybody. Yeah. They won four in a row. We knew that was coming. I didn't think four in a row was coming. I thought they should have lost to Minnesota. Joshua Dobbs in the first half did enough, I think, to extend that lead. But Russell Russell Wilson and Sean Payton are working together, and they're starting to figure it out here. Minnesota went on the road with a lot to play for. This play by Dobbs, and we'll see him later in the year, was spectacular. It was very Patrick Mahomes-esque in this game. But Denver hung in there, and then Russell Wilson started to make plays, and he's really good in that two-minute drill at the end. I mean, you and I have talked about this before, both both of us fans of what Russ brings to the football field. Yeah. And, and, man, it sure feels like they're figuring it out. I don't know if they figured it out completely yet, but they're a lot closer now than they were week one, week two, week three. And you got to take him seriously. That defense is no joke. And when Russ has his few opportunities, to cook. It feels like he hasn't, uh, Sean Payton hasn't given him a ton, but he's making the most of them. Yeah, Dobbs scored on this rushing play, and I thought that was going to be enough to win the game, but Russell Wilson, watch him stepping up in the pocket, making this throw. That was on fourth down. Fourth down. If that hits off his fingertips and gets knocked away, game's over. And he makes that play, and then that's one of the better throws. Russ made a couple of good throws this year, but that 
Cortland Sutton Oof. is really developing into a great player. That was a 50-50 ball, and I don't know why the D-back didn't try to knock it down. He tried to go for it. All he had to do was swipe it away. The ball game's over. Yeah, I mean, Cortland Sutton having a, having a yeah, great little stretch is. here. And it seems like forever ago he was the subject of trade rumors everywhere in the NFL. Oh, is he going to be in Denver? Is he not going to be in Denver? But, yeah, I mean, we talk about this Broncos team, JT. I mean, with that defense, that defense that travels, you got to take him seriously, especially when the offense figures it out. You made another better. really good point is that they got rid of a couple of veterans, but they didn't get rid of their youth. Mm-hmm. Remember Jerry Judy was yeah. a trade talk? They were smart. Sean Payton knew who he had to keep around to rebuild. Not for this year. I don't think that the Denver for Broncos, they'll have an outside shot at the playoffs. Depending, they're not a Super Bowl team, but Peyton is putting the building blocks together, and it doesn't look like they're going to have to get rid of Russell Wilson if he continues to play at this level. Yeah. That was a topic. Uh-huh. That was a yeah. topic at the start of the year, as crazy beginning as of the year. Yeah. They were one and four. No yeah, doubt, it, it is incredible. And look, I said you and I both believers in what Russ brings, but I mean, like I said, maybe twenty twenty three, not their year, but certainly building something in Denver. That if you're a fan of this team, you got to keep an eye on what's going on in Colorado. When Kansas City was up seventeen to seven against the Eagles last night, they needed one more first down, maybe to put that game yeah. away. What a performance by Jalen Hurts in the second half of that game. The Eagles' defense knocks off Kansas City. So when Raider fans are saying, would you rather – no, you want Kansas City to lose. And Kansas City played in a wet game. They got battered and bruised by a physical team – which is advantage Raiders as they're coming here on a short week. But that was a great comeback by the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, just an incredible football game, right? I think that so often we see these primetime games, oh, it's hyped up, it's going to be this, it's going to be that, and it falls flat. This game did not, JT. This was an exciting game till the very end. Uh, and thankfully for us, uh, our pals in Philly took care of business. Uh, there's a Travis Kelsey touchdown because he wasn't guarded, he wasn't hit, he was kind of picked at the line of scrimmage here. But Jalen Hurts on these design runs man, and the push play. He's fun to watch, man. It, it's incredible to see what happened. Because I thought Kansas City, for most of the game was the better team, but they let Philadelphia hang around. Uh, the Heisman Trophy winner here makes an unbelievable catch at the one-yard line. And look at this play. It's just incredible. I mean, Steve Spagnuolo is a hell of a defensive coordinator. He had no answer for this, and they had all week to prepare for it. I mean, to be fair, I don't think anyone in the NFL has found yeah. an answer for that one, JT. But, I mean, at the end, and it, we were talking about it before, it feels like even in these crazy end-of-game moments, Mahomes still makes you hold your breath a little bit that well, he's going to figure it out. This is a drop, and that doesn't mean he's going to drop the ball to Legion Stadium. This is a big topic for me on the radio this week. I got all the drops in front of me. I know how many balls they've dropped. They're open. No one's talking about that. It's not, they're dropping yeah. balls when they're wide open. Eventually, they're going to clean that up. So here's what we're looking at in the division here is the Raiders have a chance to get to 6-6. Six and six. I think the Chargers will lose that game to go to 4-7. and seven. They'll be all but left for dead. That's a huge game for Denver because they're playing Cleveland, and Cleveland's a better team, but they're playing DTR. Former Bishop Gorman standout mm. quarterback, a young player here. So the Broncos got to like the fact that they're going up against a rookie. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and it's so funny where when we do this next week, it'll be interesting to figure out what these standings look like a week from now, right? There are so many things that are fluid. There's so many things that can change week to week in the NFL. But this week in particular feels like it's going to be wild. That bye week, I hope you have something planned with your wife because oh, she deserves it. Mine deserves it. That's a long I'm run. The, I'm turning the phone off. That's a long run to week 13. And then coming back, it should be Joshua Dobbs. It's not Kirk Cousins. And then we get a Thursday night game against the Chargers. And if everything goes right, the Chargers could be easily eliminated by then. And if the Raiders are in it, that could have a difference in the game. But that Charger game is looming. And a lot of these games will matter if the Raiders find a way to beat the Chiefs at home. Yeah, and One thing that I want to I touch on real quick, JT, is that the way the schedule lines up now, the Raiders essentially are going to have a chance to have two mi- the real bye and then a mini bye with Thursday night football. Eddie. This is the chance to get healthy or as healthy as you're going to be in early to mid-December. So, yes, you got to handle business on Sunday at Allegiant. But after 
after that, you know, I don't want to look in the crystal ball too much, but eh, things get interesting. Well, when the Raiders opened up the season, they had their first three or four on the road. There was some tough games. It was going to be tough sledding, a lot of travel. Then they had that opportunity in the middle of the schedule to take care of business. They did a little of that with the Giants and the Jets back-to-back. And then the toughest part of the schedule was Miami-Kansas City, period, before the bye week, and we're in it. We're in it now, and I hope that Antonio Pierce, I know, will do a great job motivating the players. Look, there's been two victory Mondays out of his three games that he's coached. You want to talk about a victory bye week. If the Raiders win this game, the cigar party in the locker room, I'm going to run down there and go get me a cigar if they can win this game. Because if the Raiders do it, the whole entire season is back on track. And that's what everybody in this building has to be fighting for. And the reality is, JT, is that if you can get to, like we talked about, 6-6 six and six in late November – you know, you're very much there, right? And with a chance to get healthy, a chance to kind of reset, recalibrate, the Raiders are right there. Now, they have a huge, colossal test in front of them Sunday afternoon at Allegiant. But if Antonio Campiers can get those guys motivated, if Max Crosby can have one of those signature Max yeah, Crosby game. huge games, boy, things get real fun down the stretch. For everybody at Silver and Black Productions, thanks for joining us on Raiders Roundtable. From all of our families to yours, have a great Thanksgiving, and hopefully we see you Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Go Raiders!